welcome to Talking in Stations. I'm your host, Rain, and I'm joined by a plethora of guests. The first I'll introduce is Ben, our new engineer. So you will see him tediously working, and if there are any issues, such as not hearing my audio, now's your chance to tell him. Yeah, it's my fault. And then, and then we have Arcia. You guys recognize her. She's staff and a routine guest here. Hello, Arcia. Routine guest. I haven't been on in a while. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. And then we have Caprice over here. Hello, Caprice. Oh. All right, and now I get to attempt to pronounce our latest guest and staff member's name, Astreos. Did I say that right? Astreos or Astreos. It, it, it's fine. A lot of people just call me Khan for sure. Okay, okay. Welcome to the show. Oh, Khan, your last name. That makes it easy. And then last but not least, Starchate Casher. <laughs> yeah. Hi, thanks, guys. Alrighty, welcome. And as you guys can see by the title, we are going to talk about Faction Warfare, if it wasn't obvious with Arcia. But I want to make sure every audio and everything is okay, I'm assuming. I haven't seen Nick complaining, so I'm assuming everything is good. Alrighty, sweet. This is awesome. But yeah, so we're going to talk about Faction Warfare. There's been some fights that's, that have been happening lately in the Amar Mimitar Warzone. Uh, so we're going to talk about those, as well as some that even touched, I believe, in Nullsec, but were Faction Warfare related. So as the probably least educated person in the room related to faction warfare does anyone want to go start with like where how did this all happen how did it start people involved yeah caprice you want to go i mean it depends where you want to go if by the nullsec thing you mean unity station in 9ui that was built before faction warfare was released it's kind of a relic of what Faction Warfare was before the actual game mechanics came out. Yeah, that's about when we had to do it all ourselves. From when Ashra Khan was heavily involved in Providence, fighting with CVA and such back then? Yeah, we went into Providence actually with CVA. Um, CVA were... We used to arrange things with them, so we were sort of friends out of the game, but obviously enemies within the game. Right. So you know, we decided together to go into Providence because at the time it was just unwanted space nobody was there it was it was perfect for us really and so that station in 9ui obviously 9ui being null sec but that was eventually what has happened right so you guys start out probably the the teams you're talking about are like 20 years old now at this point right but oh yeah but in the last month the station actually died right it did unfortunately it was nearly 18 (laughs) yeah it almost got there it was nearly a grown-up it started as an outpost. Was there any th- like things of note that happened, up, like building it and putting it up in the first place as an outpost? Are you talking about the Citadel expansion? No, b- before that, because when you before it became this the factional Fortisar, they were they were outposts in Melsac, right? So twenty eighteen. So tell tell. Everybody in the audience, and especially people who weren't familiar with Outposts, how you went about putting it up in the first place, right? Because a lot of people aren't going to understand yet, like Outpost mechanics and such. Oh, you mean when it was like the, the player-owned station, the original ones, or just the tower? The pass. Yeah. Oh, man, they were abolic. <laughs> they were just... Well, simply, you can still get them in the game now. This is a, a, a tower with a bubble around it, a, a shield, and you could anchor a co op hangar, things like that, actually in space, and put 
weapons around them. They were really fiddly to actually assemble. Um, but in terms of the the Unity Station egg, because there's a, there's a monument there now mm. for the, the station, regardless of it being dead, with my social calm fist on it as the so representing the egg from when the thing was laid down. So did what well, in terms of did the pods get turned into a station or was that a specific thing you had to, to do? No, it just happened I can't remember though. It happened automatically, I believe. <laughs> it was we originally had multiple posses that were around like small ones, which was surrounded by Death Stars, which were just posses loaded up with guns essentially at the time. The way the mechanics worked. And we had, and then UI was the only place we could actually dock once it turned into a station. The first year it went live, we had, that was the year of the pirate alliances that engaged us. So we put it up and it had only been up, I don't know, a couple of months, maybe two at most. And three pirate alliances got together and decided that they would remove us from that space. And they didn't succeed, thankfully, but it was... It was a great time of fighting every single day. As soon as you undocked, there were people to fight. It was chaotic. Who are the, the pirates? Any names that have seen <laughs> just old? I'm trying to remember who they Against all authorities, maybe? Oh, AAA were there, yeah. Well, AAA was, were blue to us mm -hmm. at one point, weren't they? Yeah, they were actually with us fighting TVA. It's been they so did. long, I can't remember. So all I'm hearing is that... Red Alliance actually was with TVA. Are you talking about one of them? It was Threat Alliance, TVA... I'm trying to remember who it was that came to us. Because I mean, it's been so long. In one of the f fan fests, they have a lovely little museum for sort of the history of Nolsec and things. And one of the the trailers that came out around then had sort of CVA versus Ashrakhan as one of the big conflicts from the time. I think mm -hmm. it was Threat Alliance because they lived in a if you remember? That was the that right before they changed the Nolsec routes and systems and everything. Asaw was actually like the low six system right next to 9UI, and I believe they lived there. Yeah, because before we moved into 9UI, we set up originally in Naka, which is next door to that. Yes, oh my god, bringing back all the nostalgia. Yeah. Because so, um, we had one of the first Fenrir's in the game that we were trying to move all the gear in. So when they finally converted the outpost to the factional Fortisars, how did you get a hold of the Unity Station? So uh, that was 2018, I think, when the, yeah, uh, yeah. the switchover happened. And uh, see, when I joined Ushra Khan and when Hotplight Brigade joined Ushra Khan back in 2016, we were always very low sec focused, but there was always you know, knowledge that there was this stuff out in, in null sec and the histories of Ushra Khan. When the Faction Fortisars started, when they were released, rather, yes, some a lot of eyeing the station occurred. In terms of how we did it, the, we had a little picture that we put together for it with the, the, the main contenders with diplomatic victory. Because it was more or less, you know, we, we went down there, we, we were living in the area for, I think, at least a week before the, the exchange happened. But really, the, the place was a a tad chaotic once the UVA had been kicked out. So. Well, yeah, once it was announced that the outpost briefing fa faction Fortisars, everybody jumped on everybody else they thought they could take just for a profit, right? The whole yeah. cluster was just people going, right, there are some. I mean, even my friends in you know, Wormholes, 
took some faction forces out. So. Yeah, what well, I really liked, sorry, obviously, what I really liked about it was that when we were having this fight because uh, it was obviously big news. We had people who were a long time UK that had actually come back to the alliance just for this fight. It was, uh, it was good. So you can manage. They managed to win the outpost before the conversion to Faction Fortisar. Now, I think you guys are like, what, forever memorialized on Faction yeah. Fortisar, even though it's oh. dead? And we only just did it as well. All right. And, a, and important of note, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt, we, we were actually fighting PL at 1.2 for the control of the station. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. That was one of the highlights of our alliances. We beat PL and I think CVA actually mm -hmm. was working with them too. Yeah, because that was when PL was trying to take Pravi block, because there were a lot of Faction Fortisars in Pravi block, and no one really fights Pravi block. And then that was also when, I think, Test came over, too, and there was just all these random null set groups not in Pravi block, suddenly interested in Pravi block. Yep. Suddenly, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that happened, what, 2018? So what happened between then and now? Like, why, is, why are folks suddenly after Unity Station? Well, it oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what we heard was that area was being cleared, basically, for people to come back and re retake. So you had both Red Alliance and Snuffed Out in the area, killing everything left, right, and center. We did put some feelers out to, to CPA and a few other groups. In terms of what happened in the interim, we've more or less had the station under UK banner that whole time, that whole five years. You know, instance of us going out and shooting things around there, but nothing really. Just it sitting pretty as a, a monument. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, really. We were just, it was a piece of history for us. As I like to say, it was our first uh, proper station, and Providence had a lot of meaning to us back then. So it was uh, a sentimental station more than anything else. And a relic of an age where people might actually cooperate more like red versus blue in terms of the, the faction warfare and the roleplay pvp the in terms of why it died when it died yeah well, all i heard was you know public rumors saying like, someone has paid snuff to come in and, and clear the area so what we had on the kill mail is largely snuffed out nightmares and baltram's lot as well and then Baltram and Snuff got into a kerfuffle yeah. them, between themselves after uh, the station, right? Yeah, Baltram shot someone he shouldn't have, and Snuff Dell started shooting him on the way home, which is always fun. And I mean, on the, the armor timer, I was very happy to see myself and a couple of other people were watching and put some on. Man, the thing that actually managed to kill a couple of cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't realize it was the anti cat pity, which was the, the highlight of my week. I'm trying to find the, the kill mail just to show it off because I think it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, beginning of this month, I believe. Yeah. I could find it if you want me to, real quick. Yeah, if it's easy for you, I'm looking through stuff too. I'll just get oh, a I new scene so that we can actually show web stuff. I'll post it. I have it. I'll post it in podcast channel. Perfect. I'll also post it in Twitch chat for folks. A faction for Urshikan, and you can see Red Alliance. Wait, is this it? Yeah, 9 UI. I don't see a lot of. Oh, there's Snuff. I have to scroll. My bad. A lot, you know, a number of people did show. Some of the Mimitar, the Amar faction warfare guys showed up in 
think jackdaws just to kind of shoot whatever. Yeah, that's gonna be rough. I mean, when you say whatever, like they started with us, so I mean, <laughs> come on now. It's like the pinata day for uh, for us, you know. We're just getting smacked around, but it was still a fun fight, nonetheless. Yeah, in terms of what we brought for the fight, like we had scrambled all diplos to try and get anyone we could to come and you know help defend because we're we're not an also alliance, so we're not really a, a cap wielding alliance. So it's you know not something we could choose to escalate like against the likes of Snuffed Out. So we took something fun, which is the the shiny new Cyclone Beast. Oh, it still works. I was gonna say so. Station died. Um, our Snuff doing. I was gonna say or whoever's paying Snuff, I guess, or any of these groups. Are they still going after Urshikon or is this just like a one-time thing? They're like, hey, look, we can kill this thing. Let's just kill it, and then they're one and done. Yeah, I mean, Snuffed have killed plenty of other things before. <laughs> Not the first time, sadly. <laughs> yeah, this is far from the first thing of ours they've killed. But that, again, that's just sort of low sec. They have gentlemen's agreements with some, of, you know, our enemies, so some of their stuff doesn't get hit so often, but... So then, so then what? So nine UI station dies, but is that really the extent of adventuring in Pravi then related to faction warfare? Well, no. I mean, there, there, there's always fleets going in Pravi, and there's always PvP fleets. It's just for this one structure. I mean, there's nothing really anything else we have in Nolsec in that area that will kind of like draw us into fights like that. But for roams and stuff like that, we we are constantly going into Nolsec and doing stuff. Well, one of the great parts of the filaments is that if you log on in the evening and you notice there's not much going on in the wars at the moment, you can just say, eat myself to where somebody is and wind up in like pure blind or something and kill somebody. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And as I think you mentioned, the, the monument egg that's there will always be there. So Besides... We only just got that in time because you had to own it when the change happened. It'll yeah. it'll live on in your hearts, Caprice. <laughs> Forever. Of course. I've been oh. showing off the, the kill mail. So to move the conversation in the direction towards low sec and the proper factional warfare as opposed to the the history of 9UI and Ashokan related activities regarding Unity Station. Our last expansion uprising had a complete revamp to factional warfare and the mechanics behind it are approaching another expansion with Viridian. We're on the road to Viridian City, as some might say, as as some Pokemon fans might say. Given that we've had some time since uprising, considering like both the periods of big fighting like Aga a couple months ago, as well as the somewhat quieter period since. What things do you want to see in Viridian and beyond regarding changes to factional warfare to really bring the updates to it into the state that you want to see? I mean, I almost go, don't focus on it too much because people, <laughs> we've just had an expansion for that one. But I mean... In terms of just the, the daily activity of FACWAR, which is one of the most beautiful things about it, that just log in, go go to a plex, see if there's people around, shoot some people, find enemies. We need enemies. The the plexes, for me, there's too many. <laughs> I, I respect that we're all in, in the same front lines now. So there was 
you know, they had to introduce maybe some more plexes, and there's a greater variety now given the nature of the navy and advanced plexes, which uh, help create a landscape where different ships can fight each other. But when you've got three different plexes with the same name, it's really annoying. <laughs> and it feels like the farmers are too free to just find a different plex. Yeah, it's, it can be annoying if you can't say warp to the medium. You have to say warp to the Minmatar medium advanced five. Right? With the code DG7. Specifically that one, right? <laughs> because there's three of them and, and even that is not enough. But yeah. In terms of the, the fighting in the war zone and, and uprising itself, it was fantastic for a great while. Like at the start when everyone was finding their feet and the battlefields were making more of a difference. I, I think that's one of the other things where maybe CCP rebalanced a little too heavily because when the battlefields really contributed, it, that in itself was something that kept things rolling. So um, one of the biggest things that I see requested is an increase to, to kind of force people to fight over them. And I, I agree with that take myself. Both the both the VP and the the contest the, the other aspects of the system control. Oh, like the advantage. Thank you. Yes, yeah, that advantage. one. The because they were nerfed largely because of the LP. That you were in a situation where everyone was running to every single battlefield because the LP was so good, right. and there were so many seagulls around just leeching the LP. And I'm very much like, yeah, leave the LP where it is, but in terms of the effect it has on pushing the system, the, the, the biggest thing that Uprising did was change the amount of time it takes to take a system from, you know, you can do it in a, a day or two, uncontested, to, yeah, looking at more like a week. I'm not sure, I'm not good with maths. But. I mean, there was a week in between when the Amara took Kurnian in and the Minotaur took it back. Yeah. So um, that's all. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, so you had all these changes, and they've been around since, I think it was like October, November, so a little over six months. So where's Faction Warfare at now? Because I think in the past it was released some adjustments and then stale for ten years. But now we're six <laughs> months in. Do you think there needs to be more time to see how things adapt, or should there be changes that are desperately needed to kind of revamp how it's done? In terms of, like... Adjusting uprising, I, I sort of feel like that is almost going to be a constant thing in terms of the way people adapt to things. In terms of our war zone, because I'm very mindful of the fact that we're only half the story, the first four months were chaotic and glorious. There was so much fighting. The Both Vard and Alga, which were important because of the seasonal faction event, were both sieged for months and months in the run-up to the current lull which we've had. Mimitar Militia, for the first time, has a very active US time zone, and that's not something our opponents are very used to. There is um, some, somewhat of an imbalance um, in the sides of the war zone. Mimitar are doing quite well on our half of the... But on the other half, the Caldari really outnumber the Galente. And do you think that Galente being the only faction unable to use Jita without getting shot by cops plays into that, or is it something? That's one of my oof areas. I I very nearly didn't go to the twentieth celebration in Jita because 
I don't like that they held it there rather than you lie. Uh, yeah. Doing something like that, which nominally is for all of the players of this game who've been playing for 20 years, but not those guys. I, that, that just gives me a bad feeling. Back when it was both Mimitar and Galente who were barred from Jita, that was different. That was, you know, half of people who, well, in fact, were fine. And sure, it's a smaller group of people again. This is just Galente militia. But that's still a fairly sizable amount of people who couldn't do something like a live event there with the police. In terms of the day-to-day fact, or, I mean, people use alts, that, that's very much something you do with your haulers once you get far enough in, or, you know, to Eve to have alts to do things like hauling, but it's definitely going to have an effect on Glenty Michelle overall. Yeah, I don't think it, inv- it, it affects, like, the hardcore players, yeah. because if you are really, really super, super invested in Eve, you have alts, you have a corp, you have all sorts of ways to get around this. I think it does really have a big impact on casual enlistment and the potential for casual enlistment. Which obviously, like a hardcore player is gonna pull more weight, but the ca- like casual players add up, and they are an important part of the ecosystem. Very much so, and, and Eve's the uh, faction warfare is sort of unique in that respect, where. The militia isn't a monolith, and, and it always amuses me when people try to talk about it in that way. And obviously, after eight years or whatever in uh, a militia, you start to get some bleed where you're going, "Oh, those are my bastards!" But but you don't control who your allies are in the militia, unlike yes. unlike any other aspect in the game, right? Like if I join an alliance, I I, I know. Everybody in that alliance is my ally, and people can control who's allowed to join the alliance. And a lot of the... Sorry. I was going to say, if you want to join a militia, anybody else in the game who has the standings can join it, right? Especially with direct enlistment now, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if there's, like, a terrible, terrible person, like, super mega robo-Hitler joins one of the militias, it's not like... It's not like the other people in the militia could have stopped them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And there are some problems with that in terms of uh, I own the Mimitar Militia Discord. And you're always going to get some friction in terms of different cultures and different time zones having different views and things. But by and large, the majority of people, I feel, can sort of go, okay, this is a video game. (laughs) Well, yeah, the thing you can do is you can stop them from, from accessing the shared services like discord and you, you can shoot them in game even if you declare if you can declare war on them if they have the structures yeah and that's certainly something where you yeah. get different alliances within say mineral going hey these guys here this is an, an amar farming group they're minmatar corp can you war deck them so that we can kill them <laughs> or just general walkers too i've noticed a lot of that happening where oh, amarians yes. will use like a minmatar alt and then they'll They'll gank you with their, their Mimitar friendly. And it sucks because they can maintain their standings pretty easily, but that's just the, the weird, complex nature of faction warfare. And low sec. It's yeah, that's true. Low-sec. You can just be neutral and low yeah, sec. You don't you even need to be on the side. If you don't know the group that um, an ally is in, you still have to like kind of side-eye them, like space space 30 kilometers apart in the flag. <laughs> 
And even if a friendly, a purple, has started shooting you, it, it may not be because they are deliberately AWOXing. It, it may be it a newer be. player who doesn't have their... Mm -hmm. like, when I first jumped into the militia way back in 2012, the first thing I saw somebody read on my overview, it was totally a friendly. But the overview, the default overview had a sex status above enlisted in your militia and there's right? multiple different ways that yeah. can go wrong if yeah. you have someone's criminal oh you've got a criminal timer from shooting a neutral in another plex so i'm seeing yeah. you as a pirate and or outside of a plex because now they get suspect timers for entering that's why i love the new overview update they did i don't know how long ago but where you can click and share them now and you can have yeah like a, yeah. yeah it makes it easier for new players and fleet if that's they're a great improvement Especially yeah. since the default overview is actually usable now, since they updated the actual default overview. Yeah, that, that was recent. Yeah. One thing I did want to also add into what I remember the question that was asked, like, what would you like to see in Faction Warfare changed? One thing I really would like to see is more organic jobs in Faction Warfare. A really good plug for the leader of Triad, uh, he uses a website called Pandora. and Basically, what it is, this on like LP market where he he posts jobs for like hauling or for like certain things, and people can go on the website, for example, and say, "Hey, I want to sell this ship," and you get like I don't I don't know how the system works, but he, you you get like LP for plexing key systems too during like sieges, like yeah. killing like X target and Y system. It's really and, done. Yeah. It's it's amazing how he set it up, but the site is great. It's just really slow. But if like CCP could add it to where like the agents and doing faction warfare missions just gave you other stuff besides go to X system and kill five transports. Like say for example, mine this resource and trade it to us in this nation. So I feel like oh, what? No, on that note, the campaigns such as the the recent campaigns to steal the data from the various other empires in their home space. What do you think of campaigns that tie into factional allegiance that may be targeted at people outside of the factional warfare game loop, like the recent campaigns? But the, but the thing is, I feel like those things kind of keep people from the outside of faction warfare. I would like to see campaigns that makes people join the faction and then they do those jobs. So like, say for example, like you're saying do things I didn't really do the, the the campaigns myself, but if if one was to be made, like say mine three million tritanium and turn it into the TLF station, I feel like if they were to improve that system and allow people to join the faction and then include LP points that way, I feel like there would be more targets based, and then you would have a lot more newer players having other jobs rather than just doing LP all day or mining. So I mean, you're, you're saying that. If those activities had like LP reward if you were enlisted, if if they had deep, sorry, I, I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, but I, I I feel if CCP created a system to where those people who wanted to do those activities, but inside the militia, I feel like that would improve faction warfare a lot. And I mean, in terms of pushing advantage, there there has been a little more of that sort of thing. I'm not sure if it landed how they wanted it to. <laughs> Well, you're talking um, about the signatures, right? The signature, <laughs> yeah, where you get the little things to make the propaganda structures. Yep. And, uh, and also just the sites where you go to push the advantage through combat. Right. It's, right. It, it's 
an additional thing you can sort of do solo or keep an eye on. But the data stuff, I, I was expecting to see more of that. Especially with the release of like the Fleet Probe and the, yeah. the Navy Magnate and all that. And now the Metamorphosis. That, yeah, that's true. In terms of the faction campaigns, which were very much this style of, right, you need to go out and mine in the Caldari war zone, which, again, yeah, that, that maybe was a little different to our, what happened on our side of the faction campaign whilst that was live. Oh, you're, you're talking about the pre-uprising. Yeah, yeah. Where ours were like Vard, Egmar, and Turner, and fight. Mm-hmm. Go, go, fight. Yeah, which right. was the most amazing motivators. The fighting in um, Egmar was nuts. Yeah. Mm. And and the way in the law, so you know, many people involved wouldn't have known because it's in the, the text world news, but the Amar were blockading the system, <laughs> so that not letting civilians out, so that when the star burped, when it had a, sorry, a coronal mass ejection, the people would not die. Yeah, they had they had little news <laughs> stories of Turner One, the planet closest to the star, and all the nomadic people that lived on the planet. Oh, oh seven. And they the all nomads. fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> There was a, the build up to that sort of felt like maybe they would have been saved by the Triglavians or something, but I, I suspect that if that had been the case, uh, <laughs> we would have heard about it by now. In terms of Turner and the faction campaign and the the climax to that, that was one of the most amazing things I've seen in the game. It was really good. Uh, it just really spot on. <laughs> yeah, I really I'm very glad that. it didn't happen to three systems. And, you know, a lot of Mimitar died. So in character, ooh, very bad. Very bad thing. But out of character, fucking hell, that's all amazing. I remember all the hype around because you could actually see the sun explode as a player in the game. People Everybody took damage. It. Everybody took damage. Yeah, that yeah, was super yeah. cool. And, and Fortizards died that were anchoring on the star, <laughs> which was just one of those very sandbox things where it's like we have announced the exact time and date that this star is going to have a coronal mass ejection if you choose to anchor a large citadel right next to it <laughs> uh, you know you players. oh yeah we, we do like explosions but the the faction campaigns are an interesting one and certainly have fed a little into the current lull in our war zone in terms of there are currently three things on my plate. We've got faction warfare, we've got the faction campaign, and we've got the 20th anniversary seasonal event. <laughs> so there's a lot going on, but I, I'm not sure if it's affected the other war zone in quite the same way given how Calorio are rolling. So, so the thing there was that during the first series of factional events, the Kaldari, the Minmatar, and the Amar succeeded in, in their events, and the Galente did not. So what that meant was during the second event, when the Minmatar and the Amar have one technology and the Kaldari have one technology, the Galente have no technology. You have to steal the other technologies that you don't have from the other races, so both Minmatar and Amar were competing over the Kaldari sites because there were, were no Galente sites and all the Minmatar and Amar sites could be turned into either the Galente or the Kaldari. So the Kaldari had a major advantage because the Galente had failed because they they didn't have the same bottleneck of sites that the Amar and the Minmatar were competing that, over. That was definitely a, a big contributor 
the the other one that was a single pilot, I believe Remilia. Um, yeah, Remilia is always super super involved. The, there's always a chance when CCP do this sort of thing that someone is going to get very very enthusiastic about it, and then maybe have some regrets about that afterwards. Remilia is always <laughs> super involved in, in these campaigns. They're a Caldari real player. Yeah. They're they're like super into it. All of the sides. Um, the Galente made up some ground just because like the rewards are actually really good with the hull tanking drugs, I think. I think that pushed some people towards the Galente. The Galente the Galente can steal from all three of the others because they didn't get any of the technologies in, this, in the first part. The Kaldari and the Amara fighting over No, the the Amara and the Minmatar are fighting over the Kaldari Kaldari sites. A lot of a lot of our alliance, Yem, has been doing that pretty heavily lately. Okay, but is is there like a due date after which like the the other empire won't be able to get the shipcaster technology? No. That's an interesting question. I one thing we did see around when the Caldari <laughs> were finishing theirs was that CCP were not were almost very nearly not quite ready for how fast the Caldari managed to do it. If you look at the other three and the 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 evenness across them in terms of how much is possible to do without really pushing the boat out and you know having a more a better position to start from then yeah we haven't got any sort of a, a date when it would finish and that that's something i wondered about at the start in terms of what you know at what point do you say right you x has failed this one of the, the big things in these faction campaigns has always been a matter of right can you actually win or lose because with, yeah. that, that was a, yeah. with the building of the stargates the new stargates that was quite uh, something that was very much frowned on do you think <laughs> that's like the next expansion would be a good due date to say okay now time's up sorry i'd almost if it, if it was me and i'm glad it's not I would almost be waiting until the last person. <laughs> so three have it right. No, you you're last. You you don't get it, right? I feel like I that mean, would make players really upset. I mean, the thing is, the initial perceptions of the shipcaster is that it needs tuning at 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 least. To be useful. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of faction warfare. Yes, one of the reasons, say, Alexis Matari, who I am in as well as Bushra Khan, in case anyone's confused by my t-shirt, maybe aren't so interested in this, you know, building this thing, because we already live in the middle. Like, we live in the front lines, so there's not that much cause for us to want a giant star gun to shoot us into the front lines. But... So, like, the thing is, I think the target is generally people who are casually enlisted, who maybe have a corpse somewhere else. That, that makes a sense. That since there's direct enlistment now, like people who are casually enlisted who don't live in the thick of things, who don't have ship stores all over the war zone. Like, if you've been in the war zone for a long time, like I can name like four different systems that I have like 200 ships in, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. um, they can go from, from heck to ammo in two jumps and then yeet themselves to Cormonin, right? I, that's like the idea, but like in practice, if there's this thing that is camped that you can't actually defend when they reinforce it. Why you just go like the extra like three jumps through a sec, right? And we come back in circle to snuff out. <laughs> and like even yeah. if if you, you're gonna use it as like a, 
a catalyst for fights. You, it, it dies too fast to save it, right? Yeah, but can you use it like a, you use like a Titan Bridge in, in Nilsec so that you secure it? Then you got like a bunch of people directly en enlisting to one of the faction, and then you you get in with a bunch of people to like push an push an, an objective. Controlled exit points. So you sit by this catapult thing in the HQ system. It'll lead you to one of the landing points in the front lines, which. In the Caldari and Galente war zone, which is, is considerably bigger, it may be a bit away, but in the Amar Minmatar war zone, it's quite easy to move around and quite small okay. um, compared to the Caldari Galente war zone. So, do you think that if the Galente do not succeed, they will have like a lasting unfair advantage uh, against the Caldari? You'd have to see how, how it plays out. Like, I, it's yeah, funny it, because it, the... it might just be that everybody succeeds eventually but we'll see because we do we do have that situation with the stargates where the stargate was going to flip the between, yes the, the, there were going to be a special stargate that would flip between galente and caldari depending on the point of the system yeah. but only the caldari finished their thing so that's sort of only half of it so it's yeah. either turned off or on i guess so, like, if the Keldario on the system, it's on to Keldario space. And if the, if the right. Galenteo on the system, I think just think it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's you'd sort of be looking at a similar situation. That's Athenon, right? Yeah. Athenon the Semanuni, I think. Is that is that accurate? I think that we can see it. We only see it in game, I think. Oh. Well, Semanuni is high sec, so it's it's high sec to. The back ass yeah, this of Caldari, Losek. <laughs> Where's the front ass? Old Man Star. <laughs> of course. Oh, I, I want an anime of Old Man Star so badly. I guess that's the front ass of G Galante Losek, right? Tama, Tama is the front ass of Caldari. Oh, oh God. But as you say, the two war zones are very different. With, with Intaki, I, I know a lot of the Intaki role players are very happy. In terms of Intaki becoming high sec uh, Galente, but that was very much something that needed to happen in terms of cutting down that war zone or expanding ours. The, the geographically, they're very, very different. Geographically, they're incredibly different. Like the Galente Caldaria war zone is, it's much bigger. It's got some really strange geography and just how the constellations are laid out and it connects to Nullsec in addition to the high sec areas. Yeah. Minmatar Amara War Zone is smaller. I think the geography is more straightforward and quite honestly better. Yeah. I mean there's and, three pipes between the two war zones in the Minmatar Amara yeah. War Zone. And that has been the largely the focus of the front lines, which has been something which I don't know, maybe worked too well in yeah. terms of those really specific three three sets of two systems that yeah. go between the two. And the Minmatar Amar Wars on it doesn't connect directly to Nullsec itself, but you can go through Amar High Sec to Providence pretty quickly. Which is something we've done a lot in the Sri Lanka, yeah. Yeah. So with the Amar Minmatar War Zone. I heard there was some fighting around Ashgad and Terroran. Did I say those right? Yes. 
Terran the Amar took about a week ago, I believe. Has that been like an intense battle over those, or is there any significance of those systems? So, I mean, in largely at the moment you've got a split between the north and the south. What we're seeing on screen at the moment is sort of the south. Just in terms of how it's laid out now on the new faction warfare map when you look at it. The north, since the Amar relinquished Yugidi, where Turner is, deliberately stopped defending it and moved out, the north has been pretty much quiet and farming. In the south and in the Amar half of the war zone now, Around that area, with Tauran and Sosan, that's where a lot of the flips are occurring for the systems. Whereas around, say, Alga and Komonen, that that's very much at loggerheads, where they're not taking Alga, we're not managing to take Komonen as yet. So all of the flips that are occurring are in the, the sort of back end of the amount. I think that the last, like, super big intense fight was Alga. Yeah. Like, at the end of it like lasted until like the end of March, maybe the beginning very beginning of April. Um, and then it kinda died down and the Mimitar secured Aga. There's been intermittent fighting in Cormonin, but it's mostly disorganized. And just like it's it's pretty decent volume of fighting, but it's not like a concerted effort by anybody really. I yeah. And I and I think the reason why also you're starting to see a lot more activity with Ashgate and Turner, not so much because there is anybody like combined fleet pushing those systems. Ashgate and more, Turin. Sorry. Yes. Ashgate and Turin. It's it's more because those systems are frontline systems. And to capture those systems, those 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 people are plexing in those systems most of the time. And that's why you're seeing a lot more activity in versus like Cormonin or Ezer in the back end where people plex there, but they don't actually capture it because those are technically commands. Or, yeah, commands. I mean, the most notable thing about Terran is that it's next to Arzad slash Starkman, right? Cause it's that, Starkman! Yeah, Starkman is slash Arzad is the Minmatar and the Amar name of, of the system. In-game, you'll see it listed as Arzad. A point of contention just from, like, its lore relevancy. And... It's it's honestly situated good between Sephalar and Azara and Terran. Get around the war zone pretty easy from that central point. It's very much a favored camp spot for the Amar militia. That gate in Arzad on the Azara gate. <laughs> Don't a few Amar corps live in Terran, or didn't they stage at one point like flooded? Who are the other ones? I mean, that's that's ancient history at this point, right? Fredit is like they were there. I know we've staged out of Tauran in the last five years. We, we had that <laughs> Citadel on yes. Arzad Gate and Terran. We had some good fights over that. It, it's, it has made for a, a pretty but that's, good that's, that's, that's years ago at this point, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the years, like, they all just blend together at this point. What, what is five years? <laughs> it's true. You're not wrong. I mean, the, yeah, the plague years didn't help with that, with the specific five years, but... But yeah, so with one thing I did want to also add to the the reason why I also like the Mimitar and Mar Warzone is this you really can create some serious bottlenecks with the, how the new update has changed things to where with these frontline systems are really the only way you could push the system. It really kind of does create these awesome pipes to where you, you know, like you were saying with the uh, Aga, I believe, it it just causes a whole bunch of fights, and that's awesome because I mean you don't have to go twenty jumps. Whereas before, when I was new in Faction Warfare, you would have to go 20 jumps to find a Plexer who would just run away. 
nowadays, you can just go to one of these frontline systems and get instant food, which is awesome. With that being said, what Capri said earlier about there being a lot of flexes that maybe the farmer can just run to another one of them instead, how would you discourage, how would you encourage fighting over farming if you could change anything? Remove the timers from the plexus. Uh, I feel like those timers are kind of annoying, you know? Make it to where, like, it's more of a grind, grind fest. So how do you capture the plex? You, you just, does it just tick up BP as you sit in there longer? Or? It's like a progress bar. So, like, whenever you're playing, like, an online game, you you sit on it, and the longer you sit on it, it fills up and it captures, and if somebody comes, they can... I mean, it's kind of like how the timer works now, except... You know, if you get kills to it, picks it up faster. So and maybe rollback as well. Although I have heard pretty good arguments on either side for wanting rollback or not wanting the timer to roll back to zero. What people mean by rollback is right now you sit in a plex, the timer ticks down, and you see somebody in D scan because you're outside of an acceleration gate. You warp away, and then the rollback proponents would say that. If you warp away, the timer resets to neutral or starts starts ticking backwards or something. One of those two positions, right? You'd basically undo progress you made by leaving. And that would and discourage that people be, from leaving. Yeah, and that could be naughty. I can see that. But again, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, it could be naughty, but that might have been something to try with Uprising. But again, given the nature of Eve and the legacy yeah. code, I dread to think, well, but actually the, doing that might so the, the other side of the argument would be like, okay, but what if somebody's coming in with overwhelming force? Why can't I back out, regroup some friends who are over next door, and then come back in without getting super penalized? And the capacity for, for yeah. pirates and neutrals, filthy neutrals, yeah. to, to interfere with our faction order. I mean, for me, I, I would almost like to see harder rats I, you know, or a, a different mechanic because the 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 orbiting the button has yeah. <laughs> so, I think they could benefit from putting in different mechanics in on top of the ones everybody's familiar with. I think harder rats alone off because they'd feel like the NPCs are influencing the PvP encounters. And I, I, I also make suggestions that would piss a lot of people off. <laughs> I mean, but that would also deal with flexors, too. I mean, harder rats making to where they can't fit, you know, nanofibers or stuff that makes them align out faster. Make it to where they have to fit armor plates and repair mods. That, even, that, even if you're a tr- like a quad-plated abatten, if you're behind an acceleration gate, you can align in time. Like, yeah, I, I true, that's true. And I mean, the... sorry, go No, you, you go ahead. Nobody was... I was going to say, I don't know if I like the idea of harder rats, because there is, there is value, I think, in Faction Warfare being the only place you can truly get a 1v1. And I think mm-hmm. players really appreciate that. But maybe you have harder plexes or more valuable plexes that do have harder rats. So instead of, you're well, like, oh, you I'm going to front this. Not, not, not front lines, battlegrounds. Right. I almost feel like it, yeah. it, it's the nature of defensive plexing maybe, rather than both even. Because what what, to my mind, this would be trying to combat is the the habit the gameplay that you know a lot of people do in terms of leaving a blank frigate in the plex and forgetting about it i've done that 
which, which is almost one of those things where if someone is doing that with their five characters, you, you sort of have to do it as well, right? It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's the nature of Eve mechanics where that's acceptable. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I almost want faction warfare to be advertised differently or something because roleplay pvp is something i love and other games get roleplay serve roleplay pvp servers or pvp servers and with eve roleplay has always at least since i've been playing which is since 2009 there's always been this element of it's a bit dirty so here's the thing about other games getting rp pvp servers if you've ever been on rp pvp server in wow and you RP, you'll have like Sephiroth is emo for 2069XXX call you a noob and say they, they slept in yeah. the Right? Like, there's no enforcement of RP on RP servers. Another, <laughs> like, at least with Eve, the way Eve is set up as a sandbox, most of the in character, the way you refer to stuff in character, is also the way you'd refer to stuff out of character. Mm. So Eve is set up in a unique way that RPers and non-RPers are, can talk to each other just on a normal level, except you're, you're going to have different motivations. So, like, you're talking to each other with the same words. And one person just says, I want fight now. And the other person says, I want to drive the Amar from Cormonin or whatever, right? And what was, I mean, you understand each other at least, right? And they still call you a noob and say they slept with your mom. But <laughs> at least you're speaking the same language. And you can block that guy. You should you know definitely it. block that guy. You can block that guy's alliance. <laughs> you can definitely block that guy's alliance. So, Caprice, I kind of want to circle back to what you said when you said you want, like, Faction Warfare advertised in a different way. Do you think, like... So I'm thinking... I know Khan brought it up of, like, new players. Like, is Faction Warfare at all advertised to new players? Like... Hey, newbie, do you want, like, a continuous motivation? Instead of talking to an agent, why don't you go fight the big, bad, evil guys? Or whatever? I mean, funny enough, the, the new player experience, I think maybe three iterations ago, did exactly that. Point people at Fakwar for a PvP experience. Which, at the time, everyone sort of looked at and went, Oh, wow, really? <laughs> this, this being before Uprising. I think that... One of the things people like about factional warfare is also one of the things that contributes to people maybe not seeing it as visibly as some other aspects of the game. When you're in factional warfare, and whether you're directly enlisted or whether you're in a group that, that focuses on it, most of the time you are smaller and less organized than something like an LSEC alliance. To some degree, they kind of suck up all the air, right? Like, you go on Reddit. The worst time to ever go on Reddit is when two nullsec groups are fighting because it's all, like, bad memes about, like, how much the other one is terrible, right? And it's hard to even talk about other parts of the game sometimes when, when like, a billion eagles did something for 17 hours and yeah and the servers died right and like that's that's just what everybody's talking about everywhere and then Kota kotaku publishes an article it's like the entire gdp of the united states exploded in eve online fight in fws here whereas even right. the 17 year old station dying in nullsec 
doesn't make the news because yeah. it's back war and more related to that. Because I mean, I, one, one thing I have noticed since Uprising is more special interest groups, SIGs. I, I had to learn a new term because these people were coming in and saying, oh, I'm in this yeah. SIG, and I'm like, sorry. SIG yeah, is a new term for fractional warfare? Special interest. Oh, group. Faction, faction warfare is now using the term SIG, which was commonly used for null set groups. No, I think it's that null set groups have SIGs that enlist. Yeah, that there's one. been a few. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you sometimes see, I saw somebody in local in Dal before we went out roaming yesterday that was friendly militia, didn't recognize the name, looked at them, oh, pandemic horde. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Dark enlistment, right? So. Here's a question that I do want to ask. So, like, so pretending like I'm a new player, right, and I'm listening to the stream, and um, I'm a little bit interested, but I don't know exactly how faction warfare could be seen as unique or in a compelling gameplay. Like, what are some of y'all's interesting things about faction warfare that, that you would find unique and compelling versus, like, ISEC or NOLSEC or any other wormhole? So one of the biggest strengths of factional warfare and that, that area of space to me in general is the increased amount of terrain that like the plexes that have ship restrictions that are dead space on the outside. Um, the fights like for the, the Navy plexes that don't have T2 Lodgy, these sorts of things give you fights that are completely different than every other fight in EVE, basically. Like, any Citadel fight anywhere is going to have people escalating the same. You either have dreads to escalate on the facts, or you don't take the fight. Whereas, if you're all entering a medium Navy Plex, you've got to use Navy Cruisers, right? Everybody Ooh. is kind of forced to play around the restrictions and to play around the terrain, whether it be dead space or whatnot acceleration gate being on the inside of the gate is an advantage mm. and that's something where with the battlefields <laughs> when they were still sort of worth doing i really like because as you say no tech to logy makes a big difference and no pirate battleships makes a big difference because you can't just bring a nightmare fleet who you cannot catch and can just shoot right. you at 150 kilometers it's kind of like nullsec got a taste of it when the ess's were, were introduced because they're dead space for the gate that has restrictions. And I'll, I can't tell you, when ESS's first came out, I yeeted some. I can't tell you how many people just died on the outside of the ESS just because they didn't understand dead space mechanics. It's the exact yeah. ESS is basically just a, a plex in Nullsec that has a bubble inside. Yeah, but yeah, right? th there's bubble in Nullsec. So yeah. Yeah, there's, there's the scram bubble inside. But on the outside, it's just the outside of a plex, like one to one. Right. So it's dead space and people didn't know stuff like you can't warp to your friend on a dead space grid. Right. You can't combat probe a dead space grid. Also, like, uh, like uh, um, I think that some people don't like, get that in professional warfare, there is also like a, a whole PVE section to it that has to do with uh, like, well, yes, the, the pletting missions, but also like the IHUB upgrades. How does so, that work? The iHub in Factional Warfare, you donate LP to it, and you get some higher system level. 99% of people ignore it, and the 1% of people actually actually do it and get 
it used to be different like before the tier system was removed because the levels of the systems contributed to the tier. Honestly, since the tier system was removed, I haven't I haven't looked at the I have besides I, to shoot them. <laughs> the only the only instance I have seen of someone interacting with that has been Anamake, where obviously you have extra large citadels and people producing stuff, so they have a vested interest in those getting the production bonus. Yeah, getting their bonuses. Other than that system, yeah, that, that isn't something I've seen anyone interact with. In terms of the missions... That's so true. In terms of the missions, yes. Yeah, the level 4 missions are sort of the primary way people would make ISK through faction warfare. Back five. in the day, you would be a bomber. Nowadays, it's five towers. Not towers, five jackdaws. They were nerfed pretty hard, though. Like, they were. So, the thing about the missions is they never contributed to the ecosystem, the factional warfare, or the PvP surrounding it. They're basically something that nobody can interact with you with because even the friendly rats would shoot you. And for a long time, they used to be the apex way of making LP. Dramiels running around and three jackdaws behind them. Yeah. Dramiels would pop the sights and the jackdaws would run them. And it's, it's one of those interesting dichotomies as well where CCP viewed Fakwa through a lens of people doing missions for their their faction with a, a sort of a taste of territory control as well tied into it, whereas the majority of people who stuck with faction warfare for 10 years <laughs> they uh, were there to fight and, and, and actually, yeah, PvP, which was always a strange one where it feels like a lot of things Uprising was addressing were sort of tied to. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, a lot of things Uprising was addressing was CCP trying to readjust their view of factional warfare to be in line with that of the players that participate. So since Uprising, there's less targets in like a PvE targets to shoot at on uh, like a PvP point of view? So you can still do missions, but they are not the apex way to get LP anymore. They are very nerfed compared to running the plexes. So there, there are NPCs in the plexes, but they're mostly to make sure you have a fit in the offensive plexes and make sure your enemy has a fit in the defensive plexes. You don't, need a, you don't even need a fit. Battlefields have NPCs that you actually need a little tiny bit of logic for, but mo in most circumstances, the NPCs are tuned so that they don't really influence the PvP encounters. One way or another. And the, the battlefields are sort of three plexes rolled into one in a, yeah. in a strange way. But in terms of... Uh, There's those sites Capri's mentioned earlier, the signatures. Yes. They those. have some, some rats that you deal with. There is some opportunity to make some cool things with like the factional rats, but I think they really need to be careful to do so in a way that doesn't influence the PvP encounters. I am all for... The umbrella wider to get more types of players into enlistment and into caring about the lore and, and, and their factions. But I don't want at any point the PvP aspect of it to be influenced by NPCs. NPCs did more damage, so I lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is a bit unfair. I almost feel like the, the thing that needs refreshing is something that they did but I would like to see done in a different way, which is that the rewards for the LP, which is something that has been, that's by and large, I mean, myself, that's what I do with my LP. I, I, 
upgrade ships or build Mimitar faction ships to PvP with, or to sell to my alliance mates for contracts and things. And the, the the faction dreads were very exciting. I, I don't think anyone really expected that to actually be true <laughs> when it happened. But I'd really love to see more apparel, more skins, more... One of the things I'm very curious about is the faction forts. So how many are left alive, even? How many are left in the original position so have retained the special rigs that they got for never being taken down? And once they're all dead, uh, could we think about adding those to the, the faction more LP stores? You know what I like about, about that question is that like, when you spoke about like apparel and stuff like that, you got RCL looking away. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another of my bugbears. Apparel is something I would. I think the faction, the LP stores, in general, need a complete overhaul. Well, um, the question is. Can we expect cat ears in the June expansion? Factional <laughs> oh, yeah. cat ears. Oh. <laughs> well, Galente have the body modder community as part of their law. So if there was somewhere where you would be able to, say, buy a fur body, that would be the Galente LP store. Uh, 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 uh. Cat ears in the Galente LP store. Mm. Bunny ears in the Amar LP store. Wolf ears in the Minmatar LP store. And Beaks. squid tentacles in the <laughs> squid tentacles getting dark real fast. I just that's so I, I something where I'm in very much agreement with say some of my wormhole friends who I've spoken to and have been like, look, if I'm in a wormhole, I'm living in a wormhole, and I, I would just paint my spaceship the craziest colors and designs, right? And this aspect of what would a capsule do in this universe with their face, with their spaceship, with because it's one of those things where, again, the space Barbie aspect is very frowned upon by, it, it feels like, CCP and the wider, say, NullSec community. It's got a bit of a dirty name. But it, it, I sort of look at it like, does CCP not want money? People like apparel. People like expressing themselves through their character portraits. And there's so much room for more that could be done. And I can just hear my opponents going, if they put anything like that in the game, I'm leaving. <laughs> Caprice, if the game is anything other than Excel spreadsheets and 72 characters open at the same time with the graphics turned off, where, well, it's tie-dyed for 17 hours. I'm going to Pizza Hut. I don't know why I said Pizza Hut. You got, like, a commandant or something? <laughs> yeah, that, that's our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, let's start the, like, the, the, video, like the video right now. <laughs> so, a uh, question for Caprice. So, going back to, like, if I was the hypothetical new player, if I was to join oh, the Galente today, what are some common mistakes that you feel like if I was to join, I should try to avoid? Going to Jeta. Oh, you say. Well, that's a good start, yes. Gate camps? I mean, Tama's still pretty pretty dangerous. It's a tricky one. The, and it feels almost to me like something the shipcasters are trying to address is this behavior you generally see when someone's not sure 
and they're starting Fancourt for the first time. And what they're doing is they're buying a ship at a trade hub, and they're flying into the war zone and losing it. And then they're flying back to the trade hub. And if you're in an established group, you look at them and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Give me some money. I will buy you 10 of that ship, and then you can just use them you know, in the actual place or join our alliance or there are public contracts here, just buy those. Whereas with the ship casters, yes, there's a bit more room for people to buy something at a trade hub and just jump into the war zone. The the thing I've mainly heard, which I certainly agree in terms of what is best about faction warfare for newer players has to be just ready access to combat and fights and knowing what you're getting into. The being able to jump in a cheap frigate or a five millionist thrasher and actually stand a chance shooting someone else, that's sort of special. What about with D-Scan? How do you feel about D-Scan and new players? Oh, mate. When I started the game, me and my best mate in 2009 were going into wormholes, and he didn't know what D-Scan was, and we were in hurricanes, and I just looked back, and like, mate. <laughs> D-Scan, I... That almost pushes yeah. me toward another controversial opinion, which is I feel like CCP should use... More. Like, I, I feel like you should be able to start playing EVE and maybe be on a test server within the game to learn, like, to be taught some things like this is how you web ship, this is how you use the D scan, this is, you know, yeah. and more of a, uh, in terms of doing more esports for EVE, say, the Alliance tournament is fantastic, I adore it, I welt myself out of that arena faster than anyone could have possibly guessed when I flew on an alt in the Alliance tournament. And it makes me feel like a sports fan for the first time in my life. Once a year, I get to watch the AT. But you're looking at other games who have, you know, regular esports activity, and it makes me go, well, why wouldn't, you know, some sort of set-up arena not work where you could do that more regularly? Why could you not, you know, have a, a start where you're being taken through things and not directly losing your ship for the first time, which is a horrible lesson to have to teach someone as part of your video game. The permanent death of your stuff is a part of this game. Yeah, but important. there was like the Trigoavian arenas at some point. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are sort of a halfway house to my mind, where it feels like that could be and has been good... Twitch content, shall we say. But it's so off and on that you can't sort of predict it. You can't say, you know, oh, I'm going to do that now. But I've, you know, I, I finally got enough to plex my account through, you know, whatever PVE activity I've been doing. I want to do, you know, some arena stuff. Oh, there, there is there is no Trigolabian arena stuff. There's also <laughs> a lot of pushback against the arenas. Yes. In that... They are instance PvP, which is very different than historically what EVE has been. But we have instance PvE now. And that's where I look at yeah. the, 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 the whole... The way that mission running, like level 4 mission running in sec, which used to be the standard way to make money, has now been sidelined into, well, you, you just do these filaments, no one can even touch you. Yeah. I mean, people I don't it's... like the Abyssal PvE mm -hmm. either, because... You can do the higher levels and higher second yeah. yeah, but at least now, like, yeah, they got the suspect timer if they are light into a much high security system. I think for the fifth, for the just for the top level, yeah, yeah, yeah just for the top level. 
You can still hide in like a point five and be fine. I just I my goes. But like to, point five, you can get them with a few catalyst. Is, isn't there a thing though where you just jump into another one and cycle it round until they've gone? <laughs> no, like there, there's a point. Like there's a timer. Can, like you got you a few timers. You can anchor time. a depot. Yeah. If you anchor a depot on the thing, they can't go into another one next to the depot. But, but the, the interplay it's, between PvP and PvP is still a it's yeah. still pretty. It's still pretty safe. Because yeah. like uh, the arena, I see them like as uh, really like a combat situation, like as everywhere else in Eve is more like a hunt situation, where you need to hunt to get your combat, or mm -hmm. well maybe if the prey doesn't escape, and yeah. like uh, the other one, like the instance PvP is actually like just fight for the, the sake of fighting. Damn Triglavians. Triglavians, <laughs> yeah, the Triglavians are just monsters. <laughs> Triglavians are sentient nanite paste. They dissolve um, when you take the mask off, that's why we've never had a body. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, to move things back into, onto topic, what Khan was saying, mistakes that, that new players make. The, I think one of the biggest ones when people join Factional Warfare is having their overview set wrong, which we touched upon before, where they, sh they shoot their friendlies because they're suspect timer or something. D-scan was touched upon, and D-scan is, in my opinion, the most important skill in the game, because you want to know who's in the plex where before you go into it, so you don't hit an acceleration gate. And it's like, <laughs> I'm in danger. Right? <laughs> Unless it's a medium advanced, in which case... In yeah. case there's a curse, yeah. Having that awareness, being able to descan, being able to descan quickly, is important for like everything in the game. Um, I caught a carrier in Satogus once because I I was able to yeah find it on descan, drop combat probes right on it, and warp to it right when it was doing level five. Mission. Yeah, but Arcia, what is descan standing for? Directional scan. It is one of the tools basic on every ship you have. Uh, you open a window, you set an angle, you look at something, and it will tell you, if you have the settings right, what ships or whatever sort of thing you want to see there, whether you're looking for wrecks or ships or tosses or, ta or citadels or whatnot. Which is tied to your overview, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. So you can like hold down V and click in your overview to see if there's something in the range of your V-scan. Yes. And that's the, such the a incredible tool. Yeah, but the, the directional nature of it is one of those things where, as a hunting tool, you will restrict the angle to go and hunt someone. If you're sitting in a plex in faction warfare, generally you'll have it on 0.1, 360 degrees to just let you know whether anyone's about to come into the plex. So it's like a bubble around you that just you pulls each time you press V. That's so or whatever that's your, your hotkey is. Yeah, V yeah, is yeah. the default hotkey. V is the default hotkey. I like it on a side mouse button. I like middle mouse. <laughs> yeah. I like it on the space, like a bar button, because I'm in the wormhole. <laughs> well, on, I I have it on a mouse six, and I just keep hitting it over and over and over and over. And the, over the worst over. thing with even muscle yeah. memory is when you're alone in the system and you are still de-scanning. Oh, I do that. It's just muscle memory at this point. 
Oh yeah. What's worse well, is when you're, you're in, in the high sick you're and you're wormhole. like, <gasps> yeah, you're in a wormhole. <laughs> there's always a cloaked Loki behind you. Yep. High sec is scary. Like high sec is of... the worst. You never know who yeah. wants to shoot you. There's just all these people everywhere. High sec is the, it feels like the most dangerous because you just don't know. You know where you stand if you're in low sec, if you're in a wormhole, if you're in null sec. But high sec, that guy, that guy could be in a battle badger. What one question I did have? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So I'm just a hypothetical new player today. So I'm just dumb, useless, and not dumb. Sorry, I'm just. Uh, Confused, not knowledgeable, and useless. And yeah. one thing I... Well, that's me normally. Anyway, sorry. Getting back to it. So if I was to, example, wanted to join up with, you know, say, for example, a fleet, and I just joined the TLF today, what are some ways that I can either, you know, maybe find, like, a hypothetical fleet that the militia has, or is there, like, a chat system that I can communicate with, you know... Yeah. So if you're enlisted in militia, you will see on your fleet finder fleets that are open to militia. Otherwise, there are discords dedicated to the militias that you can join for your respective militia and find fleets that maybe aren't open to everybody, as well as groups to join, like Ashra Khan or on, on the Minmatar set, Ashra Khan fleet, or even if you're direct enlistment enlisted and not in one of those groups you can join their fleets usually that's also a militia uh, channel in game as well isn't there yeah there's there's the militia chats for each faction it's a good point too but one thing to be aware of in terms of you've just clicked enlist me and you've got that militia chat a lot of people will have the blink off with militia chat because it's guaranteed and known that there will be spies in there looking at what you're saying so in terms of OPSEC, a lot of people don't even use that militia. Yeah. A lot of people have their own intel channels, just like anywhere else in the game. That you, so you have well, to network Finder a little bit. You have to network the, a little the, bit. The good one, yeah. Yeah. Through Fleet Finder, you can get in a fleet message of the day. Hopefully, we'll have a link to a Discord where you can then talk to people. Getting on comms uh, isn't 100% necessary. But again, be aware. It's pretty necessary to at least. Your FC is not reading the fleet chat. If you're typing in fleet chat, generally speaking, there there isn't that sort of level. An FC in a structured fleet will expect so, to be at least listening. If if we have a deaf member in the fleet, I will assign somebody else to type out commands for you. Mm. Otherwise, nobody's reading fleet chat. One thing that should add to that's important: most corporations. If you're a new player joining TLF or, you know, say the Amarians, would would usually think a new player is a spy. Not not every time, but most of the times to get access to, like, say, for example, Discord or whatever, you would have to supply a thing called an API key, which allows, um, say, for example, if you wanted to join the TLF Discord, you would have to supply that API key. I think we still do that, right? And from there, you can see all your characters. That's not what I am, but it shows all your characters and stuff. Uh, so API Jackknife, I I became a CEO of Hoplite Brigade back in 2017, and API Jackknife is something I sort of fondly remember using. That is no longer something I think you can do. Nowadays, you're more likely to have uh, a, a login thing, thing. Yeah, where you, you click on the link on the Discord, and it takes you to a screen where you log in, and, and it, it verifies your character that way. With, I think, what it, the Mimitar... Discord that, that I own definitely uses the Pandora bot, 
to do that. So that's another part of Pandora that sort of ties into the website as well. Pandora has its own Discord, and that's all done by Det, our glorious leader of Ashrakhan, who understands bots and such things. <laughs> but yeah, Pandora. Can we like make a minute on Pandora? What does, what's that, briefly? Sure. As, as I brought it up. <laughs> so Pandora is a site run by Det from Ashrakhan that has yeah. like, you can make factional objectives, you can make various objectives that pay out automatically to people that do them. An example would be get kills of X faction and Y system. If like, like, like for example, before Uprising, Agmar was really hot and there was a campaign to kill the Amar at Agmar, right? Get and to, re to, to take and the to, system. Yeah, get VP and flexes from Agmar. It can be a little slow. Bear in mind that is, you know, because it's running on Det's computer. <laughs> Literally, it can be a little slow. That's, that's yeah. one thing, and it's very sexy in terms of. There's a lot of video content and stuff on there that's sort of tied into it. It, uh, it the potential for it is amazing and something that that Hilmar and, and CCP have praised it for in the. Uh, the, the there's a newsletter there they do. Is it's there a reward that can, I can get from you? Get, you actually get S compared to what you. So the way do. it works yeah. is when you set up a mission on it, you then are putting the rewards yourself. So be that ISK, be that ships, whatever you want, that is input into the system so that then it is definitely getting paid out. It wouldn't work any other way in terms of actually getting rewards from something you have signed up to do via the website. Obviously, Det is Bimtar Militia. They were founding members of Ushrakhan. Um, but it is set up so that that should not be an issue. But other other factions and even neutrals can set up things via Beef Pandora for other people to do. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> All right. So we're coming up on the end of an hour and a half of talking about faction warfare. Do you guys have any final thoughts you want to you want to kick off? We can start with Arcia. I think that Uprising was generally pretty well received and I think that as long as they keep keep an eye on the ecosystem in the area and continue to make changes and updates as needed to keep the activity alive, Factional Warfare will have a better next 10 years than the 10 years of darkness. All right, thank you. And then Caprice? Push to talk, Caprice. Push, push to talk. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go left to field and say if you're coming to FanFest this year and you do have some affiliation for a faction, maybe get a, a nice beret or, or something to show that. Or cat is for Galente. <laughs> We've got green berries for the Galente militia. They've been doing that, which has been very good. I've got a nice red one for Memetar. I'm not sure if gold berries exist, but that you know, I'm sure the Amar will find a way. Right, that's awesome. And then Khan? Yeah, I just wanted to plug my alliance in for this closing. So if you're a new player who wants to kind of stick their foot into Mimitar role-playing or Faction Warfare, but you don't want to go fully all the way in, DamFam's a great option. DamFam's like a, I don't want to say RP, but there's some people that RP, but more of a loyalist that Mimitar Corporation Alliance that does mining, investing for the militia, and then occasionally help 
with the fights in militia, like the one in 9UI and other ones, for example. We have a lot of moons to mine, so if you're a new player just looking for some money, shoot me a message and I'll be sorted. Approval Maho! Adamalin is one of the border systems to the Mimitar war zone, so it's next to Bullsburger. And what about you, Star? Really, for me, I have to say, pretty much the same everyone else already said there. If you're new to this and you want you want to get in, I really think Faction Warfare is a good thing for new players who want to experience PvP because if you jump into something like Nullsec, you're going to be getting blobbed all the time. And while in Faction Warfare, blobs do occur, <laughs> they're certainly not immune from them, you do have the opportunities to have small fights and even 1v1s do exist in Faction Warfare, which is something that I personally think is great in the game. So Awesome, thank you. Alrighty, and... Ben, I'll leave it to you. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, actually, it was quite insightful. Learning about these can was just like a real pleasure as always. But yeah, like it's been like some light on the Minmatar section of the Factional Warfare. I really did like appreciate learning a lot about they like about how they, they did work. They do work, sorry. And learning more about Pandora. So that's all all good all around. Alrighty, thank you everybody for tuning in. We will see you next weekend. Have a good week. Oh, wow. Oh, Bye. 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 Bye.